Welcome to Film Fellowship. This is the podcast that will change your perspective on cinema. We are two filmmakers, Raphael Moran, director and producer, and Thomas Walters, a writer. And in each episode, we will take you on a cinematic adventure. You will hear in each episode everything from interviews with professional filmmakers to our favorite genres and directors, fun facts and film history. To get in touch with us, please go to raphaelmoran.co.uk forward slash contact. Sit back, relax and enjoy this cinematic podcast. Hello and welcome back to Film Fellowship, this fabulous podcast Tom and I have created and put together. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We've had a, over a hundred listens so far, so we really, really do appreciate all your help and support. Please go and follow us on Spotify and also go over to Apple Podcasts. We really do appreciate it. If you could please give us a fabulous like and also uh, please leave a wonderful review. We really do appreciate that. Now, Tom and I thought it would be really interesting to play a um, old interview I did uh, few, a few years ago. It's with a Hollywood film composer called Brian Tyler, uh, who I had the absolute uh, luxury in interviewing, uh, going to his live concert, which was in the South Bank Centre uh, in London. Uh, I saw him play fabulous live music, all of his wonderful scores, and also went to his um, VIP after party afterwards, who I met lots of famous people, including uh, Dominic Cooper, um, and um, many people um, we'll talk about later on, later in, in some other podcasts, because uh, that's quite cool, actually, famous people who we've met, and funny encounters. Oh, there we go. That's a cool one to do. Anyway... Now, without further ado, this is a podcast. Bear in mind, um, this was a few years ago, so my voice might sound just a bit different, um, but it's with myself uh, in my own studio and Brian Tyler, all the way in Los Angeles in his recording studio. Uh, we did it on a um, lovely phone-in interview. I hope you enjoy it. This is me and Hollywood film composer Brian Tyler. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm in the studio with the one and only, uh, in my opinion, the most epic historical film composer in living history, I truly mean that, Brian Tyler. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> that means a lot. Oh, well, you, you are my, definitely one of my icons. In fact, the, one of my, my icon in film music. And you, I know you're a DJ and you kind of, you're a musician. You brought, sure. You've got all your experience and put it into the film music and, and TV themes you do. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, I kind of, I've just always been around all kinds of music, you know, but I've done a bit of everything before I was a film composer. I was a classical pianist and was a metal drummer. I did programming for, you know, industrial music and hip hop and uh, played in some bunch of jazz bands and big bands. And I, I just, I, I think it makes sense that I ended up in film music because you're, depending on the project, if they allow you to, you're allowed to really hit all these different kinds of music. And it just happens to be that uh, I'm kind of a chameleon in that way. So uh, it's, it's the perfect place for me. Yeah. 
So do, do you come from a musical family? No, I mean, well, yes and no. There, the, pretty much in my immediate family, no. But my grandmother was a pianist, so there is that. Um, but but my family was very musical in the sense that uh, my my parents just listened to lots of different kinds of music. Everything from, you know, um, rock and like, I, I kind of I heard combination of. Zeppelin, Beatles, Depeche Mode, and John Williams and Bernard Herrmann when I was growing up. I mean, it was, and then, wow. you know, Coltrane. And um, <laughs> so they, they had a kind of a really varied record collection. And, and, and I, I immediately took to, you know, uh, when I, when I would hear a film that uh, film music to me really spoke to me in ways that other music couldn't, which is that dramatic narrative and and really how i would watch films in a sense is i'd buy the soundtrack and i'd kind of relive it in my mind and and over and over and over again and so when you know my early days of writing music there's definitely the influences of the film composers because that's you know that's part of a big part of what i was listening to and and loved who were your icons your your film composer icons yeah, you know, um, it it varies. There's, I mean, it's pretty wide range uh, from kind of early uh, composers that were, were in both lanes, like Prokofiev, and and, and you know that wow. that kind of you know that kind of music that was classical that that, that could cross over and that were used in, in films. But in terms of the the uh, you know going a little bit later than it was, you know, Mancini and Bernard Herrmann. Yes. Bernard Herrmann, huge, huge yes. part of, uh, John Williams probably had the biggest impact. I can think of Jerry Goldsmith and, you know, James Horner, Hans, Alan Silvestri. And, um, and, and I loved the, the music of, um, like Vangelis and, and, uh, I mean, in terms of film, you know, but I, like, it's all over the map. If you're talking about, you know, um, Music in general, everything from Radiohead to—I mean, you name it—it's—it's—it's. It's, it's, there, there's so many influences. Also, a big fan of Quincy Jones and. Oh um, yes, yes. <laughs> so I, you know, like depending on the, the there's different eras, there's different composers, but I, every single era I, I loved on on its own. I loved how Leonard Bernstein would kind of how he was so open to different kinds of music, including rock music, you know, but yeah, musicals and. All over, but I mean, Star Wars is how I, I, you know, all the kind of John Williams, Star Wars and Raiders and ET and all that. Oh, yeah. Those are the things that I kind of first sat down and and deconstructed. You know, wow, that, it sounds like you, you to, to be a great composer like yourself. You have to absorb such a a diverse and dynamic range of music to kind of fuel out your own creativity. Then, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I you know, I listened. I mean, my record collection, you know, early on, if you listen to, I'd make a mixtape and it would, yeah, it, it was pretty strange. I mean, I'd have, <laughs> you know, Indian pop stars from like, you know, uh, wow. I, I'd have music from Tibet and China and wow. I'd have, I like, big fan of hip hop and yeah. you know, industrial music and electronic music, a lot of indie rock, post rock, like Everything you know, like Sigaross, I love Scandinavian music. I mean, it, it really. There, I did. I wasn't thinking. Gee, I got to keep the, a variety going here. It was more like I just gravitated 
it was like music, especially in an open format, mm. it's like being a kid in a candy store where yes. it's like, oh, what's this? And anything that sounded foreign to my ear, I'd gravitate towards it. So if I heard, I remember hearing the cut time part of Master Puppets from Metallica, and I thought, well, what's going on here with this beat? I don't know what that is. Or a Chick Corea song had this interesting kind of meter calypso. I'm thinking, wait, what's, the? And, and then I hear some, you know, Indian music that has quarter tones and Middle Eastern music. And I was mm. like, wait, those don't, those fall in between the notes of the piano. How come I can't play those? How do I learn those notes? You know? And, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so all, all these things kind of led to, uh, you know, it's like standing on the shoulders of giants, all these people that came before and mm. you're influenced and then you kind of find your own way. I'm an amalgam of different things, but I'm also my own person. So however that lands is, is what comes out in the music now. Yeah, well, fantastic. Uh, is it true when you were at college, you used to watch movies with the sounds turned off and re-score yeah. them in your head? Yeah, I mean, it started earlier than college. I, I, wow. The, the first re-score I can think of was after I saw the David Lynch movie, Dune, and mm. uh, that really cool, I think it was Brian Eno and Toto right, score, yeah. but... But I actually got interested in the... I was a big science fiction nerd, too. So <laughs> I got the books, the sequel. I wanted to know what happened after Dune. So I got the sequels to those, Children of Dune and Dune Messiah, the books, when I was like 12 or 11, I don't know. And and what I would do is I would read books, and I would I would score the books. Right. So wow. I would kind of write music for myself. I'd just be on the piano, and I would kind of hear the orchestra in my head, and, and I would want to write themes. So I wrote all these themes for... For those books, and and that's why it's so bizarre that years later, you know, Greg Gutanis calls me up and he's directing Children of Dune, and he oh, wow. had no idea. Wow. So, so the first the first piece I think is called Solicitus Secundus. I think on Children of Dune, the first piece is actually a tribute to the piece that I wrote when I was like twelve, oh, that's or when beautiful. I wrote when I read the book Children of Dune. Yeah, and th those are the opening notes of the score. Wow, the, the first like 16 bars i think oh, <laughs> so that's it goes lovely. way back i've been doing this score thing even before i knew what scoring <laughs> really meant you know wow full circle then full circle yeah wow so For sure so how did you get into to the film business you know you love music and how, how did you get into the industry as it were um it was it was really kind of against all odds honestly because i, I okay. didn't go to film school mm. i didn't do a film scoring program I didn't really know anyone in film. It's the 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 love for film in a way skipped a generation in in the sense that my grandfather was an art director. Wow. Um, and he wow. was great, and he did like Roman Holiday and Ten Commandments Academy. I think nine Academy Award nominations. Blimey. But 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 he passed away uh, long long before I was going to had any thought of really going into being a film composer. Mm. And my my. My dad had wanted nothing to do with Hollywood, so he was an artist and a painter and wow. um, architect, and so th there was no kind of family or, or friend connection to the industry. Right. I, I really, I just wanted to be a, I wanted to be a film composer most. I wanted to be a musician, but I had been playing. I started playing professionally when I was a lot younger. I was probably fourteen, mm. and I started playing on albums and doing some. I, I would tour with different through my teen years. I'd tour. But when I went to college, I thought, you know what, I, I, I really don't know if I'm ever going to make it. So I didn't, I didn't study formally at that point. I'd been studying all my life, so not music, but <laughs> so. But I couldn't get away. Music was my life, even though I kind of, right. 
you know, went up and even during my college years, I was playing every day. I would play sessions, I'd play gigs and write music. Wow. And I just got really lucky. A piece I wrote is like a little requiem piece got heard by the right people and it made its way over to 20th Century Fox. And wow. I, I wasn't even living in LA. It just, they heard it and they, I flew out to meet, it was like through John Williams, his, his, um, his agent, Wow. Mike Ortain and Sam Schwartz, and uh, and they're my agents to this day. So, I, you know, I was a kid when I started, when I when I met up with them, and I I transferred over and started scoring films. It was really just one of those things that I just people happened to hear my music, and they thought it sounded like film music. Uh, <laughs> Lovely. It's just a, a, a lot of good fortune there. Yes. Yes. Well, you've written so many uh, film film scores. I literally I haven't got time to mention them all. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. But, but I'd like to ask you a, a question. So just about a few of them. Um, there's sure. a, there's a new film that I, I don't. Are you uh, have you started composing it? It's called Invertigo. I saw on your IMDb credit. Have you started oh. that? What can you tell us? Well, that's interesting. That's that's on there. Yeah. So there's uh, that's a project that I've been working with. Um, DJ Caruso for wow. quite a long time, um, and uh, I actually have done some. We, we did some preliminary music, but working on some really cool storyboard uh, and animatic ideas. Okay, and um, it's um, yeah, it deals with gravity and and forces of nature, and mm. uh, it's, but it's emotional, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll you know, hopefully uh, that'll be coming soon. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a. It's it's been interesting in this last, especially in this last year. I've really made an effort to. Um, you can't you can't do everything that gets put in front of you. So you you, you make decisions and and um, uh, and and I've been really wanting to do a lot of the music that I love that mm. I think maybe people have forgotten that I do or don't even know that I do, like my roots, which. Dramatic writing, doing um, jazz, doing um, uh, you know really romantic music, doing kind of uh, like for instance, Crazy Rich Asians is an example. Yes, that that is uh, you know a, a very old school romantic score. Yes, combined mm. with a big band jazz score, which is really unusual. And and I do remember this coming along at the same time as. Uh, another superhero movie that uh, <laughs> that, that that I uh, uh, that, that I that I you know I would have loved to have done both. Um, okay. Yeah. 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 And and, and it kind of sometimes it comes to these times in in you know creatively in 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 your life where you want to do something that is very different than what you've been doing recently. Mm. So things like that are tough decisions. Right. Uh, uh, and, uh, and you always hope for, the, you know, the best for everybody. But and it's, it's hard because I work with a lot of these, you know, a lot of directors over and over. And sometimes they'll, you know, things come up at the same time or whatever. Yeah. But but um, work, great working with Taylor Sheridan for the first time this year, who's a genius and um, on Yellowstone and and Adam Robitaille with Escape Room and all these things that are uh, coming as well. And um, working with um, uh, Len Wiseman. And, and, and so... The, 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 it's it's like tr keeping the fire alive is sometimes doing things that are different. Right. Um, yes. And one of them would be in vertigo for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, another film that's coming out fairly soon is What Men Want. It's not a yes. it's, it's not a Marvel blockbuster. So do you find it hard to move between genres? No, I love that. I mean, <laughs> I, if I, it is easier for me to move between genres. Okay. Yeah. What happens? Okay, so I, I'm really very very comfortable in different genres. I, it's it's not. It's not something like where I stretch to do. I mean, there's going to be things that I don't, but yeah. but but in, in the genres that that I I move around and I it's it's not only it's kind of like if you were um, eating a meal and you you you, you had this amazing you know lasagna or, or just some kind of. Um, it's some kind of pasta, but a specific kind of pasta, and you and you started to have it every meal. Yeah, you would you would you know even though you love it, you, mm. you want to break it up and yes. And for me, that's what Crazy Rich Asians was, Yellowstone was, all these things that I'm taking on purpose to kind of be palate cleansers. So when I go back to doing, you know, uh, superhero movies, which and comic book movies, which I love, yes, yes. I'm fresh and mm. I've, I've I've had something in between. So. What men want is like is the first time I think I've done in a while since maybe finishing the game like a straight up 100% comedy like it is a comedy but it, the thing that's cool about it has an R&B angle it's like kind of it's it's got like R&B flavors everything from 60s 70s and like the 90s and um it's it's nothing that people n- know me for which which is cool too. It's fun, and Adam Shankman's directing it, and he's amazing. And he's a he's basically he directs musicals, so the guy is really musical. Blimey! Wow. Yeah, so it's cool, you know, and working with a lot of great artists. So that's a lot of fun, um, and uh, definitely, you know, it, it for me it's like you know uh, a nice palate cleanser. <laughs> So, kind of the beginning of my radio show, every time I, you know, I play my jingle, then I have a show opener, so a, a track that I play every single time so all my fans know what that is. And yeah. surprise, surprise, it's from Iron Man 3. And, oh, right on. And it's Can You Dig It? You know, the title's at oh. the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that that is my ultimate favourite music from the movie score ever, Iron Man 3. I absolutely love it. Can you tell us anything about that score? What inspired you? Because the sounds are just so so different. Oh, yeah. You know, that that's kind of... It's interesting. In a way, my love of kind of taking orchestra and and making it a little bit more bluesy, funky, jazzy. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the idea behind the, the Iron Man and main title, I guess, was uh, Can You Dig It, is that, you know, I had written a, a bona fide, like, superhero theme for Iron Man, right? Right, yeah. Which is when it plays orchestrally with the choir and everything. Yes. But... What we wanted to do for Tony Stark at the you know the end of the movie is do these kind of throwback like 1960s style credits yes. with the freeze framing and all yeah. that and the, and the look of it and and at one and they were listening to like so the score I was like well the score is not going to work their thing should we use a song like well maybe get an artist to do a song mm. or, but that that kind of falls outside the vibe of trying to keep something timeless that Marvel tr- tries to do. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be locked into like such and such artist that was popular that year and then you watch the movie eight years later and you're like, that's weird. So <laughs> mm. we couldn't kind of figure something out and, and, and I thought, 
why don't we do a song that's as if it was from a movie from the mid 60s all right okay you, you know like almost like a you know a sort of big band surf rock crazy version of it mm. and they're like what you know what what do you mean <laughs> and and i said you know what i i just gotta go do it i i can't i it's in my head i can hear it it's totally crazy but let's go do that so i i went and did the piece and i sent it back and they loved it and mm. and and um and so did uh, Rob Downey Jr. And so, so then the actually the sequence they edited the sequence around the music mm. for the end title, and it, it, it yeah, it's it's one of my most like oft uh, drum covered <laughs> pieces on the internet. I, I see yeah. a lot of drum covers of that one. Yes, uh, super fun. Yeah. So another film, The Mummy with Tom Cruise. That's a, that's a yeah. lovely, lovely, interesting atmospheric movie. Uh, the theme. The, the main theme sounds, you know, kind of like a spider's crawling up my hand or kind of a deadly creature is slowly, slowly right. coming up to, and then kind of at the end grabs you. What do you yeah. like to... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny because there's really... There's... Um, oh, the license one. There's three themes, really, that I... Uh, that are, are kind of the main themes in that movie. One is the, is the theme for the mummy. Yes. Or, you know, her. Yes. Um... Then you have a theme for kind of, I would call it the overall theme of the movie, which is almost sounds more like Egyptian and very romantic. Yeah, yeah, ba -da -da -da, You know that. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. And then, and then you have Nick, the Tom Cruise character, which is, he's he's almost more like a Raiders of Lost Arky type of vibe. And yeah. it's an adventure thing, completely adventure. So it was interesting. I rarely write three main themes in one movie. I write many times more than three themes maybe yeah. seven themes but they're not main themes and that's just it is that uh, it's a unique unique project in that way mm. um we're actually doing that in concert uh oh, fantastic a, a, i've never done it this this way live which is this really expanded big suite of wow. mummy which um which is going to be interesting i'm going to be conducting it in a few days um <laughs> and uh and it doesn't appear in the movie in, in this big kind of way, almost like in a Lawrence of Arabia type of fashion, like a prologue type yes. of Maurice Jarre vibe. Yeah. But yeah, it was great. I mean, you know, the, when I was doing a concert in, in London last time, mm. um, uh, I got word when I uh, started, uh, when, I, when it was intermission, and they said, you know, Tom Cruise is at your concert. Oh. And... <laughs> And I was like, oh, really? Wow, wow. that was amazing. And, yeah. and so he's like, you know, he'd like to meet you. And I'd never met Tom. And so at intermission, I went and met him. And we mm. the guy knows everything about scoring. I could not believe we were talking about, I was mentioning how much I loved the Born on Fourth of July score that John Williams did, that, and he, it, which he, of course, starred in that movie. And, and, mm. and he was telling me all about Malcolm, the, the, the trumpet player on the, okay. You know, you know, like he knew he knows who played on scores, like what. Oh, that's lovely. Was, <laughs> he really knows the stuff. Anyway, the great thing is he said, "Hey, you know, um, I'm filming this movie called The Mummy. Um, do you want to come by set tomorrow if, you, if you're Blimey. not doing anything?" Crikey. So wow. I drove out to set and, and met him, and then I and then I'm doing the movie, and uh, it was it was amazing working with everyone, Alex Kurtzman and 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 Tom and the whole gang, and. Yeah. Uh, a great canvas to 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 work on. Yeah, oh, fantastic. Well, let's move on to your your most recent movie, Crazy Rich Asians. Sure. I really love the love theme. 
the kind of the first right. track, the the string, the way the strings kind of pull with your emotion, it kind of brings you into the into the score, brings you into the movie from your movie from your seat directly into the screen. I find it really healing. Your inspirations. Yeah. I know you spoke about it kind of in the beginning, but can you talk about kind of the way? What inspired you to do this particular movie, really? Well, you know, the thing that was really interesting about Crazy Rich Asians is I'd read the book by Kevin Kwan, which is great. And, and then, I, you know, John Chu, who I did Now You See Me Too with, mm. he was directing and he brought me out to see the, the cut of the film. And I saw the cut of the, the early cut of the film and I, and I was like bawling at the end of it. It's, it's so <laughs> emotional that last like 25 minutes of the movie mm. are just punched, punched to the heart. And, um, and I thought, okay, and, and the studio hadn't seen the film and, and wow. they wanted me to do the music, but I think what they thought from the novel was, it, um, in the screenplay was that they you can't see it uh, you can't see the performances when you read and I think it's a lot more emotional and kind of old school of a film than maybe they realized so I think they were thinking maybe it'd be a contemporary score like a like electric guitar and oh, yeah. piano yeah. kind of do some pop tunes and put in a Taylor Swift song and a thing and a da da yeah. and um, and that was before the, before the score and we're like, no, that that's not gonna. This movie is like an old. It's like a Roman holiday. It's it's you know. Mm. So, uh, my proposal was let's do for the romantic music. Let's do classic, old school strings, piano, woodwinds, mm. and some horns. But basically, classic orchestra. And then for the fun, wild. Uh, it, parts of the film let's do old school big band mm. and i want my edict was i want this score to be recorded in a way uh that it could have been recorded in 1952 and sound yes. identical yes to, yes yes right like the, no and, and we also had some asian instruments in there singaporean mm. types of instruments but it was it was a really interesting combo but very natural and very organic and and so the theme is really a throwback type of theme. That theme, it really feels at home in the 50s mm. or the 60s. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and of course, the, most of the time, too, to their credit, most of the time on a movie like that, all the big band pieces would have been licensed Benny Goodman or licensed, you know, you, you, yes. you name it. You, you, um, and instead, John was very adamant. He's like, you know, I want Brian to write themes that can be heard in the big band music mm. and then you hear it also in the heartfelt score. So like Astrid's theme is both like when she enters as a big band, real yeah. swinging thing. Yeah. And then later in the movie when it's a heartbreak with her, it's played with strings and piano and it's the same theme, but you have to be kind of paying attention. But I think subconsciously it all connects and ties it together. Yeah. It's one of my favorite movies I've ever done for sure. Wow. That's interesting. Well, another film that you were interviewed on, uh, the score a film music documentary. That was... Uh, oh! Yeah, the documentary. Do you remember that one? The score, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a fantastic movie. It really was. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just kind of wanted to show, you know, what it's like to, to you know, to be a composer yeah. and how to kind of navigate the world of that, but also what it's like when your film is opening or what it means when you yes. read criticism or you see what people how they react to your movie and yeah, yeah. to your music and um 
yeah, I, I'm just glad to see that there's a film made about film music. I mean, it, it's yes. it's about time, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really loved what you said when you said uh, uh, you, you, in the movie the score, you went to the cinema. They were showing the Avengers, and you said, oh, yeah. and you you go, you sit in the front, and you watch people's yeah. reactions. That must yeah. feel amazing. That really must. It is. I mean, it's been amazing since the beginning. I, I remember the first time I scored a film and going to the theater and, and hearing how people would react to the movie and realizing that that, that what the you can tell what the music is doing and 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 uh, yeah, it's pretty wild and, and it's kind of sometimes invisible. You know, like people, you know, people buy the probably billions now have heard my music. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and most don't even know that. You know, I mean, geez, the Formula One theme alone. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Playing every week um, or for every race. Uh, yes. You know, it's it's just it, it's it's cool to to kind of it's it, I, I my whole goal when I started writing music is I just want people to hear my music. Yeah. Uh, I was it. not looking for fame or notoriety or anything. It was like literally, I felt strange writing music and having me be the only one that ever heard it. Mm. So in a sense, I kind of get the best of both worlds now because I a lot more people hear my music than ever could have been possible writing anything else yeah. but also at the same time I get to rem have a level of anonymity in uh, in a good amount of public spaces it depends on where I am yes. but generally you know it's pretty cool and I get to still have a uh I, I, a, a life, a, a normal life, especially compared to someone like you know, uh, you know Justin Timberlake or something yeah, like that. Yeah, we can't yeah. go anywhere. Yeah. Um, so that's very I, true. I feel yeah. like I get the best of both worlds in that sense doing yeah. film music. I, mean, I loved what you said. Is icing on the cake for you is when you go into the men's bathroom and they're humming your tune. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's crazy how often that's that happens amazing. too. It, 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 that that anecdote. Uh, <laughs> people don't even realize how yeah. much they do that. I think it's the nervous tick of going into a restroom and there's people around and, you know, it's a restroom. So people kind of, uh, it's kind of like being in an elevator, but worse. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, people, yeah, yeah. People get a little nervous and whatever's on their mind, they mm. just do. Either whistling or what. And it is uncanny how many times <laughs> I go into that bathroom and I hear them whistling or my my theme it's so bizarre it's funny wow <laughs> so so how long does it take for you to write and complete a score kind of from beginning to end um you know it depends i i've i've had a wide range i've been on scores for like two years and i've been wow. on scores for five days wow crikey yeah so you have to kind of be able to have stamina on one side and also speed on the other if you want to do film music. You, you just don't know yeah. what curveball they're going to throw at you. And, yeah, I've had things where I've written, you know, uh, a ton of music really, really, really fast. Um, and that's that's scary, but, you know, it happens. <laughs> I've written things on the plane. Really? Flying to the UK. I remember writing... Yeah, um, I I wrote the Now You See Me to fanfare. Oh wow! wow. Uh, which was on on paper on paper yeah. when I was on the plane flying because there was beginning me no, they weren't they didn't even ask for that piece. That yeah. was like an extra bonus that ended up being used in the in the in the, in the main credits. But um, 
I just kind of felt like that it needed that. And I felt unless they heard it, they would never know to use it. So on okay, the plane yeah. over, I wrote that and landed. And then we, then we just printed it and then conducted it. And now it's a big, it's, I think the first piece on the soundtrack is the main piece from now you see me too. And which, um, we're going to, uh, I'll be conducting it very soon as a matter of fact. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a fantastic piece of music. Yeah. Thank you. So I've noticed, uh, that your music not only has, it doesn't have, how do I say this? Your music doesn't not only have layers, but it, it your la it has so many layers. Rhythm. Uh, I've right. been, I was. It's difficult to. How many layers? Your music has so many layers. This makes your yeah. music so so compelling and hypnotic. You know. Well, I, draws I you think, in. I think that the kind of invisible layer approach is it's it's uh it's something I've always tried to do. Where I I, I what I want to do is when I write music, I wanted to. Um, get into your kind of soul from a different, a few different angles. I think, for instance, a really great piece of music can be understood, you know, rhythmically and and uh, and harmonically as a melody. And, and and sometimes you only need one or the other to recognize. But if you can yeah. put all them together, yeah. And and also the way. Th I don't know what it is. The, the crazy science of, of of having a melody up here and then having counter lines and, mm. and chords underneath um, can really... It, it's like math that adds up to be really emotional. And Yes, yes. Um, the, the idea of uh, how that works in our... that fires off things in our brains to send chemicals to certain areas of... I don't know how it happens, but mm. there's something about tension and musical tension and 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 release tension and release that that there are certain things that just can, can make us feel emotion and and by emotion in so many different ways it can make you feel empowered it can make you feel sad melancholy uplifted joyous um, all these different gray areas in between that are like um, nostalgia and yeah. deja vu and like yeah. all so. I, I spent my life trying to figure out how those specific fine threads of emotion, subcategories of emotion, yeah. can be told through the math of music. So much so that I feel there's a certain scale that I can do mm. that sounds like it can split science fiction in, into a science fiction tale on Earth and a science fiction tale out, out of orbit, uh, in space. Yeah. And different chords say you're in space yes. you're on you're you're terrestrial yeah. and and i don't know why but i'm fascinated with finding that language yeah and i mean it's a lifelong pursuit yes. for sure yeah i mean so how do you come up with the different soundscape does the director tell you what exactly what he wants or does he sit back and leaves it up to you um, How does the process work? You know, I think it's it's changed over the years. And, um, I, you know, I think at the first part of my career, it'd be a lot of, uh, here's some temp that we love. I like this score. I love this classical piece. I love this song or whatever. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really happen as much now. Now, now it's, it's more like, you know, they're hiring me because they're hiring me. And they um, sometimes they'll play, you know, uh, 
they'll play something that's mine that they'll say, well, we really love this or whatnot. But it, it's, I'm, I'm probably given more freedom now. Okay. Well, definitely, definitely I'm getting more freedom. <laughs> um, and besides, I think they instinctively, I think I, I, you know, I work with people a lot over and over. They, they know I kind of, I, I don't really pay attention to the temp or anything. I mean, there's, there's no reason to do that. Mm. Um, you know, you, you just, you see the film and you try to come up with something original. I think the best way to do something that fits that movie is to um, not be weighed down by hearing something that, that isn't a part of what was created for the movie. Um, and I'm trying to think of, there's, there's been examples where, in fact, even a song, there's a song being licensed for a movie. Um, okay. And, uh, and then I end up writing a song instead because because it, it just it it feels like when something's written for something else like even if it's a song mm. that song may have been written for someone that the, the writer that was in love with and that's who it was for yes. you know and that doesn't know your characters and doesn't know your story and doesn't know all those little nuances that I was talking about the different slight yeah. Yeah. variations and emotions that we have when we're we we have. All of those in between different colors of emotion, we don't even have terms for them. They're way too many. There's 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 millions. It's mm. like having a, a a billion color display on a computer. You, you're yeah. you're not going to name every single pixel. You know, right? Like, yes. Um, so so when it comes to kind of starting out and having a director or a producer, or whatever, mm. have you start? I, I I think trying to nail the right pixel uh it's um fortunately is um left to me more or less yeah and then i collaborate with the director on what is he trying to say with the scene so i can nail that 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 very narrow um uh i can i can try to at least hit that <laughs> very narrow target yes yeah I mean, for my audience listening at home, could you please briefly describe what, what is a temp score? What is a temp oh, score? Te yeah, a temp score is where they show you the movie early on and it has music from other movies in it. <clears throat> so it may have music from... Uh, oh, can you hear me, by the way? I got a... Uh, no, I can hear you, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, I got a little connection thing. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the, the music... From a temp score, it was basically music from other movies uh, that they show you, and it's there just as a placeholder. Yes. So that so that um, so that they can edit their movie, and it's and it's a it's a good th tool to have for filmmakers for sure. Yeah. But you don't you don't want it to lead you as a composer. Yes. So, what is your favorite film score of all time? That's not your own. <laughs> right. Um, well, I would say. Um, that's a very, very tricky question. Uh, or tricky answer, at least. <laughs> uh, the tricky to answer because um, it, it actually changes for me from time to time. Oh, yeah. No, I understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it, um, I would say, um, you know, it's... it's uh, Difficult. E.T. E. <laughs> e. Okay. Yes. Beautiful. Um, yeah. E.T. And and it, it, it's hard for me not to mention Vertigo, but um, oh it's, yeah, you know those those 
Look, Star Wars was the gateway for me. So I, I, any other time in my life, I could have said Star Wars as well. <laughs> but I'm just say ET um, hits me emotionally really hard, and and I am a sucker mm. for emotional manipulation, and I love it. <laughs> and it's such a highly skilled and and technical score while being emotional. That's what's so amazing to me. It is so incredibly. Um, advanced in its theory and uh, in its skill and and in a way sometimes when you ratchet up the skill and the theory and the complexity you lose emotion but John yeah. doesn't and yes. that that is one of those scores that somehow all things inc- multiply upon each other yes so finally you are giving your own music next week in London conducting the Philharmonia Orchestra who have performed most of your scores in London the Royal yeah. Festival Hall Southbank Centre on Thursday, the 25th of October, 2018. How is it different conducting them in front of an audience compared to conducting them in the studio? Well, I, I love conducting them in concert because you're, you're flying, you know, you're, you're, you're flying out of an airplane with no parachute or, yeah. or walking at the, <laughs> you know, the tightrope with no net, whatever kind of metaphor yeah. you want to use. Um, it, it I love the danger uh, and the excitement of live music. Yes, and, yeah. And the 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 way that we lean into that music live to give it that extra push because there's an audience there mm. is is a fascinating kind of uh, part of the chemistry and the really uh, you know this this amazing energy that's in the room and 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 also the the fun thing is that we get to do all sorts of different pieces of music typically when i'm when i'm conducting in in the recording session Mm. it's for one movie or another and you kind of stick to that movie this we're we're covering like 26 different i think i don't it's a it's a lot of different things yeah a lot of different movies and a lot of different projects and themes and and across the board it's very different from the last time um, with some some holdovers, but certainly you want it to be a journey, and it's and music is the focus. It's the central thing, and you know I think film music. What I I love it, at, but it is really nice when it gets its own day in the sun. Yeah, and that yeah. that would be at the concert, and I think it really becomes alive. And there's nothing like hearing it live. That's for sure. No, this t- orchestra is amazing, and the choir, and we've got band, and I mean it's a it's it is a big full stage of musicians amazing soloists and full you know full players and um yeah i'm very very excited about it <laughs> so you've written so many scores making a piece of music so 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 much to choose from how do you select yeah. the pieces for this program it's really hard i mean we go yeah. through and we start i mean when we we were narrowing it down the first narrow down mm of taking the music from the movies that we really picked our favorites from not all movies that I've done, but, uh, you know, a lot of the movies, I think the program was like nine hours and and, and we thought, we thought we were really narrowing it down. Um, but yeah, (laughs) to, to get it down to two, um, you go through and you make sure that there is a kind of a narrative and a flow to the concert where, you're doing different styles and, and things that, but also that, that connect to each other. Yes. And yes. You, can, you can feel it, you know, um, and, and you really want to hit the themes that people want to hear. And mm. 
they're usually the ones I want to hear too. Uh, but there's we want to have a, a wide range and, and definitely some surprises. So the, the I, I think the idea is I just want to keep, you know, what I would, I imagine myself in the, in the audience as if I was, uh, if I, as if I wasn't me, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, and yeah. try to think of it, what would be really exciting and emotionally, uh, resonant and satisfying. Yeah. So, yeah. so it'll, it'll be entertaining. I think. <laughs> oh, I, I, oh yeah. I cannot wait. Yes. So what, which piece of music are you most looking forward to playing at the concert? If there's one kind of favorite one. Oh boy. Um, it's it's there's a a bunch because there's a, a bunch that I have never conducted in concert. Okay, well, which which uh, are they? Do you know? And um, and, and, and so you know, look, I there are ones that I absolutely love doing, um, you know, that just have a kind of a a, a certain power live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like um. In fact, like Iron Man three or Thor or Now You See Me yes. or okay. Far Cry and mm. Assassin's Creed um, and then the Mummy and and you know Power Rangers and there's just different you know, Ninja Turtles. That, that, um, but but there's and those are the ones that kind of people know. But it's the ones that people don't know that mm. I'm doing it. Um, there's there's definitely um, one that'll be. Um, Fun is the full version of the Universal Centennial uh, logo theme yeah. that I did. Yeah, and that I've never done in concert before as well. Really, and that, that really you know, that kind of goes to my roots and my connection with Jerry Goldsmith for sure. That's always been there, and um, so yeah, but yeah, definitely wait till the end. We got we we got we got. Uh, uh, some extra music there if, if people are enjoying it and uh, and they want me to come back out might have some more music you know? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in fact last time I didn't if I recall is uh, I don't know if you were there at the last one and, I and couldn't make it no yeah so um, yeah I, they, we, I I wish I had more music last time actually wow, uh, okay. anyway, yeah yeah uh, it was uh People wanted me to do some more music, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for sure. Oh yeah. And um, so anyway, uh, yeah, we're prepared. Uh, but uh, there's, there's, it's, it's going to be really wild. It's going to be epic, and, and I'm, I'm really glad that I have such amazing musicians because this music, a lot of it is not easy to play. You know, it's sure. really frenetic. It's on the edge of playability um but and there's really some great emotional pieces in there as well and violin solos and vocal solos we've got mm. tori letzler singing and she's going to be wow. amazing and um, uh, mm. amazing drummer and uh, mm. I mean, it's just top to bottom the choir is amazing Crikey. you name it wow <laughs> so uh, you, uh, as you said you you've composed the new 100th 100th anniversary universal theme and also formula one and also yes. the Marvel Studios one as well. Yes, there's all sorts of things. NFL theme, the, yes. the, the golf theme, all this. Yeah, there's there's a lot of this. In fact, um, we will be debuting the Formula One theme Fantastic. in the concert for uh, in terms of debuting it live. Obviously, it's yeah. de debuts at every Formula One <laughs> race in a sense. But yeah, yeah the full yeah. suite of that, and that's going to be really uh, crazy because yeah. it has... 
such unique kind of sounds in it, and it's it's orchestral, but we use the orchestra to create car sounds. And wow. It, 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 and that's actually quite an emotional piece, that middle section of it. I'm a big Formula One fan, and, <laughs> and, I, and, and, and uh, so, you know, kind of... Uh, their emotions run high for me when I'm watching Formula One. That's for sure. I'm a big Lewis Hamilton fan. Yes, <laughs> and, and um, so uh, it'll be great uh, to be able to do that live uh, in England. Yeah. Uh, so, what's, what's your process then on composing a, th- a theme? Just one theme from something. It must be completely different, or is it the same for composing a film? Yeah. It is. It is really interesting. Uh, you know, I'm so accustomed to being inspired by visual and story that. Mm. When I, wrote, when, when I went to write Formula One theme, for instance, and it was such a big responsibility for me because I'm a huge fan of Formula One, and I didn't want to choke on it and do something that ended up being not a part of Formula One because I'm, it would ruin the sport for me. Yeah. You know, like, it, it's, like, it's, just, it's so close to my heart. It would be, it's like, it'd be like writing, you know, uh, it's, like, it's like writing a, a theme that you... Is for uh, you know someone close in your life. You know you yes. you're almost more nervous playing it for them. Yeah, yeah. So so in a way, what I did is I I couldn't write in a vacuum. I, I knew with Formula One, it is not just about energy and kineticism. It is not just about speed. In fact, that's about twenty percent of what Formula One is. To me, it is the emotion, the highs and the lows, the triumphs and the tragedies. Mm. Me, you know, stories like Senna and when he passed, and and just the journey of Lewis Hamilton or Schumacher or Senna. I, I mean, you know, uh, uh, you know, Bianchi and like, there's so many amazing stories that are they're from the point of beating the odds or tragedies that I wanted that emotion to be in there and kind of mm. the, the journey that you go on following your favorite driver or drivers through the year mm. and there's ups and downs. It's so dramatic. So I wanted to the primary focus to be on that kind of drama and emotion. Mm. So for me, what I did is I watched, I actually cut together a bunch of footage from oh, wow. the last 50 years of formula one and I, I cut it together myself and put it together and i and i wrote music to that so i had something wow. to go off of yes and a big part of it was lewis hamilton's last uh, first time that he won the championship and it was that last race where he barely won by the last lap of the last race of the mm. last corner of the last lap and 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 won the race by just a, and won the championship by a hair. And that was such an emotional thing watching Felipe Massa's team thinking that they had won the championship and then their dejection and utter just tragedy of losing it at the same time, the, Mm. the elation of Lewis Hamilton and his father and his brother seeing these two emotions at the same time, the absolute devastation of Felipe losing and the joy of, Lewis winning it that told me what that was all about it really wow. that was the key moment for me to write that theme yes wow lovely <laughs> so, <laughs> so I believe you play lots of instruments yourself will you be playing any of them at the concert oh I will be playing many instruments at the concert <laughs> yeah I'll be jumping around I'll be conducting mostly but I'm gonna uh, definitely play a bunch of instruments and uh we were just talking about that today. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we're doing um, 
some different ones that are going to have uh, a bunch of great um, solos. We're doing some we're doing some big band jazz. Sure, oh, for wow. crazy Asians. Awesome. Uh, and there's lots of solos, and I may jump on the piano and the drums and the guitar. Actually, I think uh, Battle LA. I think we're doing uh, oh, wow. guitar thing with yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, there's it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of movement up on stage. It's definitely oh, not. Uh, this is not a sedate concert by any means. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have any more concerts lined up in future? I, do you have I any do. more? Yeah. Um, and they're not announced yet, but I have. Okay. I think about five already lined up for next year. Wow. Um, and so we're going to be going around and, and doing it. But London's really the first to have this show, though. Sure. Yeah. One one last final question, Brian. For young uh, aspiring film composers, what piece of advice uh, would you give them? Yeah, you know, um, it's interesting. I. I don't know if there's one piece of advice, but generally I would say one absolutely, like it kind of falls into two categories. Um, to be a composer or a musician, I think, I may be biased, but I really think that the key is beyond talent that you have to have in the beginning. Uh, that's, that's baseline. But to mm. learn and to really learn your craft well, truly be open to different kinds of music yeah. and listen to them in a way that isn't like homework like get to love it um because you can learn so much about classical music from jazz and from hip-hop and you can learn so much about industrial electronic music from classical and mm. uh asian music and you can learn so much about metal from um R&B. Yeah. And, and the, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't really, really dive into as many kinds of music as you can because they will enrich you in ways that you don't even know. You may just borrow one little thing that you learned, like a drum fill from a Motown song, if you're a rock drummer or whatever. If you're, if, and if you're a guitarist or whatever, if you're a film composer, I would say something to to really make sure you work on if you've got the music down and your life is music make sure that you study film as much as possible not just study film like i know film i can quote lines from film i mean learn how things are lens mm. learn how blocking is done learn how sets are built learn how to storyboard learn mm. how to edit film all those things are going to help teach you the language that you need to speak with a director which is film directors don't speak music they speak film so that 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 is a way to have a rosetta stone between you and the director so you can get the most out of your music when you're writing for a film right well so ladies and gentlemen don't forget to go to brian tyler's concert brian tyler returns live in concert Royal Festival Hall, South Bank Centre, this, well, very, very soon, not this Thursday, next Thursday, 25th of October, 2018. Have you enjoyed yourself, Brian Tyler, on my show? Absolutely. We've got to do it again. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being my radio show. All right, buddy. We'll talk soon. See you. That was Film Fellowship, the podcast that will change your perspective on cinema. Hosted by Raphael Moran and Thomas Walters. Brought to you by Moran Audio. To get in touch with us, please go to Raphael Moran.
www.ecomsystems.co.uk forward slash contact. Please share this podcast with your family and friends. Come again to hear another episode of Film Fellowship.